This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to the Freedom Formula Podcast with your host, Marjean. The Freedom Formula simplifies real estate investing so that anyone can learn about how to gain time and financial freedom through real estate. Each week, you will find helpful tips and tricks and strategies from the top producers in the real estate investing industry. Let's get started with the Freedom Formula Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Freedom Formula Podcast with your host, Marjean, where we are dedicated to educating the community on the unique benefits associated with being a real estate investor. Today, I have Leanne Hilgers as my guest. Welcome, Leanne. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. We are so excited to have you. So let's just jump in right into it. Tell me a little bit about yourself and your background. What exactly do you do, Leanne? Well, I do a bunch of things because I'm an entrepreneur and I've always been entrepreneurial and I just, it's one of my passions. I'm so excited about it. So one of the things that I do is I teach entrepreneurship at UC Berkeley. So that's, that gives me the ability to interact with people and get other people excited about being entrepreneurs. So another thing that I do is I do real estate investing. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today, I think. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's dive more into the real estate investing. And how, how actually did you make the leap from a W-2 employee to an entrepreneur successfully operating a real estate company? So like I said, I have an entrepreneur mindset. So I'm always, I'm, I'm always running a business in my head. I'm always running my own business. Um, the other thing is what really started me in real estate is I grew up in a house that was built in 1902. And, you know, we all watch the shows on HGTV or DIY or whatever network. And I went to the trainings and it was an opportunity because I have to be so analytical when I work for corporations or I do consulting work or even when I'm, I'm teaching as a professor, I have to be very, very analytical and logical and sequential and I'm a, a planner and a strategist. But now in real estate, I could be creative and in my own business, I can be creative and it just lets me let that part of my brain loose. That's fantastic. And tell us a little bit more about the segment of real estate that you specialize in. I know, you know, we can call it a wholesaler, but our audience probably isn't not 100% sure what exactly is a wholesaler. Dive in a little bit more about what you do and how you do it, please. Okay. So I'm kind of different. People always say, what kind of real estate do you do? I don't do just one type of real estate. So wholesaling's kind of the major thing that I'm doing right now, but we also do short-term rentals. We look at long-term rentals. I do, um, I work with an energy and telecommunications company, which helps people get discounts on their utilities and energy and phone and their credit card transactions and, um, house security, anything that's related, it's all related to real estate. So I do a couple of different things. And often it just depends on the situation. Every house is different and every 
person is different and everybody has a different problem and you have to be able to solve the unique problem that the person is is facing. It's about solving problems. So I guess if I was say I was focusing on one thing, it would be solving problems. And that being said, tell me about the most creative solution that you've been able to find in real estate. Can you tell us a story about that? Um, you know, I think one of the things that I would rather talk about, because I don't know if I have creative solutions, because everything's been done before, (laughs) (laughs) right? Everybody. (laughs) And I think the thing that you have to do is learn, 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 learn. And I'm going to talk about that a lot. And, and that's not only my background as a professor, but um, I just have an unquenchable thirst for knowledge. If there's something that I need to know, it's, I think it's growing up on a farm, Because when you grow up on a farm, if there's something that needs to be done, you need to figure out how to do it. Or bad things can happen. Somebody can die because, (laughs) you know, you're working with heavy equipment or big animals or, or something, Uh, you know, if something needs to be done, you need, there's lots of things that need to be done. And I watched my parents do that. If things need to be done, they just figured out how to do it. Mm -hmm. So there was lots of stuff that they were very independent and had lots of skills in different areas. And I kind of think that made me a bit of a Swiss army knife. And with my skills, <laughs> I'm a bit of a Heinz 57. And, and in some ways it was really good because I can do a lot of things, which works well in real estate. But in, you know, when you're in corporate life, they want you to specialize in a certain area and be able to categorize you. So it didn't work well there. But then once you got in the job, then they wanted you to be able to do whatever whatever was needed. So then it worked well. But when you're looking for a job, it doesn't work as well there. Um, You know, someone once told me that in real estate, you're essentially a professional problem solver. And it sounds like you exemplify that, uh, that statement. Well, thank you. Yes, I think. And I hear that in real estate, too, because I network a ton. And, and the people who are good at it, are problem solvers and they want to help people. And those are the people that are successful at it. The people who are in it because they think that it's a get rich quick thing or they think it's going to be easy because it's not. <laughs> they, they, nothing's easy, right? And contrary to what a lot of people will tell you because there's all sorts of training that you can buy. There's no end to places where you can spend your money. Um, contrary to what a lot of people will tell you, it's not easy. And you have to you have to work hard, and you have to know what you're doing, and you have to learn. Um, I think one of the things that, because I'm a strategist and planner, I looked back and I I thought, well, where did I make the most money in my life? And I had been for years watching the decorating shows, and I'm not a decorator. That's not really me. I'm I'm the business person, but. I liked the colors and I liked what they did and um, I wanted to do it. I saw places where I could do that in my own homes. And I think that one of the things that we as women need to examine is our relationship with money and is money bad? I agree with you. And, and, you know, that's why we started this podcast is to really educate um, specifically women on finances, right? Mm-hmm. To be able to create time and financial freedom. So that being said, how has 
real estate affected your financial situation in regards to time and money? Well, I think that with the, you know, with our outlook, I want, I want to go back to our outlook on money. So I asked a question, is money bad? Mm -hmm. And of course the answer is no, right? Who doesn't want money? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I mean, even um, mother Teresa came from a rich family (laughs) and she walked away from money. Bless her heart. Love her. That's not me. (laughs) 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 But you know, money is a tool. Money is a tool. And the more money we have, the more money, the more people that we can help. And in our culture, we say, oh, rich people aren't happy. Okay. Aren't they? Does that have anything to do with the money or who they are? Right. Um, We call it like, we call money filthy. Money is filthy. And I've worked in banks and I saw people, you know, when they count money and then they'd lick their finger and then they count the money and their whole face would be cold sores after. So money is filthy. (laughs) That just grossed me out, Leanne. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not, the the money itself isn't filthy. It's all the people that have touched it. (laughs) And without washing their hands or something, (laughs) you know, it's money, money itself is not filthy. It's not bad for us. It, it's a tool and it can make us more comfortable. It can reduce our stresses. So if you're, if you're stressed about paying bills and putting food on your table and, 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 you know, keeping a roof over your head, that's a lot of stress that most people face every day. And when we're working a job, and for most people, a job is just an acronym for just over broke. I'm sure you've heard that. Oh, yes. When we're working a job, we're, we're, we usually have more month than money. Mm-hmm. So then we're going in the hole and we're putting things on credit cards and we're using our credit cards and we're not paying our credit cards. So who's getting rich? The credit card companies are getting rich. So how can we become independent of that? So one of the things that you had asked, how has it affected my financial situation is, and I don't know that this was real estate so much, but my entrepreneurial mindset before that is, you really, I really had to examine how I thought about money and my reliance on a job as the only source of income. And most people love the, like the security of the job, but jobs are difficult. Uh, there's lots of challenges in a job. And, you know, I've in the corporate world had bullying and layoffs. I worked for one of the oldest um, educational institutions in the U.S. and they went bankrupt. And, you know, there's backstabbing and discrimination. There's also good stuff that goes on in corporations. Don't get me wrong. But I've watched people get ahead of me who were far less experienced, far less experienced than me or far less qualified, far less intelligent. And they got they get promoted ahead of me. So why is that? But now as an entrepreneur, I have control over that. The harder I work, the more rewards I reap. So I think that is how it's affected me. Um, I think that's how it's changed. I can work hard. I can work smart. I'm educated and I can get back what I put in. It sounds like you're more in control and, and kind of going back to what you said about money, about people's beliefs towards money. 
you know, we're taught from in high school how to make doilies, how to make uh-huh. birdhouses, but they stopped teaching how to balance a checkbook. Right. And all of a sudden, money became this risque thing that nobody talks about and everybody's afraid of and it controls all these things. In reality, as long as you control your money, um, it, it should never be something that is feared. And what I'm hearing from you is as an entrepreneur, you take the approach of, I can control my business and I can control my finances. And they tie hand in hand. Am I perceiving that correctly? Right. Right. And how you do that is you learn. I'm not always in control of everything. I'm not in control of the economic climate in the country or in the world. I'm not in control of whatever regulations are going on external to me, but I can be educated about it and be responsive to what's happening outside of me. Um, If I'm working for somebody else, they have the security and they have, Mm -hmm. there's really only security in you. So most people aren't starting a job when they're, 16 years old and working at it until they're retired. That's not how most people are anymore. That used to be the climate in the country, Mm -hmm. but that's not how things are anymore. And it used to be, and women didn't do that. (laughs) Right. Women didn't, certainly didn't do that. Women might've started a career, but then once they got married, then that was the end of the career. (laughs) That's not the way it is anymore because we need that financial stability and our only real source of security is ourselves. So, and I really want people to hear that your only real source, you can have a job and have that paycheck that you like to get every two weeks. That's great. I like that. I like knowing that I'm going to have money coming in every two weeks. Who wouldn't like that? (laughs) Right. But in addition to that, or as a way to transfer into something that's under your own power, know that I'm my only security. I know that if I'm working and I get laid off, I can find another job mm-hmm. if, if that's what I want. Right. Your value is what you really are bringing to the table for, for your own business. If you're working a job in real estate and everything that you do the way that you earn more is by bringing more value and entrepreneurs tend to really understand that and constantly are seeking ways to improve their value, not only for themselves, but to be able to deliver that value to their clients and charge for it. And that's not a bad thing. Like you said, you know, money is not a dirty thing. We all have a value that we bring to this world and we, that value should be compensated equally, Mm -hmm. even as women. Even as women. <laughs> Especially as women. Especially as women. Because yeah. <laughs> you know, we work hard. We did, Everybody deserves to be compensated for their hard work and for their contribution, mm-hmm. regardless of who you are. Right. right. One of the things that I've really learned is, I think, and I think real estate has brought this out, but being in the media um, so having my own media business was really my first step out of the small controlled environment that I came from to, you know, I can, this is something I can do. I watch other people do it. Why do they have the courage 
to do certain things? Why do they have the courage to hire people, for example, or to make certain decisions in their business and in their life? And that's not something that women will necessarily do. Mm-hmm. So they don't take control of their finances. They're in, intimidated a lot by finances. They think, oh, I'm bad at math, or that's why you have a computer or a calculator, or oh, I'm bad at, at this or that, or I don't know anything about finances. So get a book, learn about it, <laughs> and ask questions and go to successful people. Mm-hmm. I went to a workshop with a local lady here in Dallas. She was promoting her book, uh, Ask Outrageously. And one of the things that she talked about is how women don't ask for what they want. That includes money. We are deserving when of everybody who works hard and has a valuable contribution deserves to get paid, but we don't see it sometimes that way. And she said, women often don't ask for what they want. And one of the most helpful things that she said was, if I could have anything in the world that I want, what would I ask for? And I started thinking about it and I thought, oh, I want a sponsor for whatever I was, the thing that I was working on at the time. And I looked to my side, was a VP of a very large corporation. <laughs> and I turned to him and I introduced myself and, and they were interested. Turns out he, he wrote down his cell phone number and they ended up offering to sponsor me. It was just crazy. That's awesome. That's awesome. And you're, you're very right. Um, I heard along the way somewhere too, that the reason that is, if you think about it, think about how men and women operate with children. With mm-hmm. little babies. And if you have a two-year-old that's running away from you, the women will chase after it and try to nurture that two-year-old. Mm-hmm. Whereas the men will let the two-year-old fall. And that's why you see a lot of a lot more male entrepreneurs than you see women. But I, I believe that there's a shift happening, especially with the millennial generation, where we're going to see a lot more women entrepreneurs coming mm-hmm. into the space. And you know, my goal with this podcast and in working with women like you is to really be the disruptor and make sure that we are supporting each other and educating each other and lifting each other up as we all climb together. Right. One, exactly, exactly. And one of the, you were saying, we're going to see a shift in that. One of the largest groups of entrepreneurs are mothers. Hmm. And there's retired people is a very large group of entrepreneurs. Mothers uh, are a group of entrepreneurs, um, young women. People think it's young people because there's all sorts of grants and funding for getting young people into entrepreneurship because um, entrepreneurship is con- contributes a lot to our gross domestic product. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of grants and lots of um, media around millennials and millennials think a little bit different. They're very, they're naturally very entrepreneurial, which is exciting. Yes, very <laughs> much so. There's so much fun. And, and, <laughs> but, but women, but mothers sit there, they're feeding their baby, for example, and they're looking at the bottle for hours <laughs> and going, I could do this better. And, and, bam, they design a product in their head and they, and they get it launched and, and then they're on TV launching it. And, and so <laughs> it's fantastic. I love watching the shift. You know, I was raised with a very strong 
mother who very much promoted um, feminism and being a strong female. And so I love that we are in the middle of the ship and, and I'm just so grateful to be a part of it, you know, especially mm -hmm. meeting women like you and just doing wonderful things, which actually brings me my, to my next question. What is your greatest accomplishment in, in your business, in real estate? What are you most proud of that you've been able to do? I think it's the changes that we were discussing. Mm. So one, some of the things in specifically since I started working in real estate is I've learned so much. So when I, when I started working in real estate, dedicating myself to it, I just spent the first several months just absorbing information and I do that in whatever I do. I just dive in and I absorb information, learning as much as I can, going to all the trainings that I can. And there's so many different ways of doing real estate. <laughs> and there's so many different avenues and so many different people that will tell you they have the methodology and sign up and, mm -hmm. and unfortunately pay them a bunch of money. Um, but learning, Abraham Lincoln said, if I had seven hours to chop down a tree, I would spend six hours sharpening the axe. <laughs> I love that. I've never <laughs> heard that, but I love that. And, and it's very true. And so I brushed off my web design skills and, and got into what worked for me for and my social media skills and my and and I started networking which is not comfortable for me actually and I network a lot now but where are your favorite places to network for for those entrepreneurs looking to um connect with more more business owners and really powerful networks where are your favorite places um I go to I don't want to advertise for a certain company but okay. I go to groups for I mean, other real estate investors are wonderful because then you can work with them and mentor. You can get mentors and people who are experienced that. And I find that they're actually, the good ones are actually quite willing to joint venture with you and to help you out. And if they see that you're actually serious about it, because some people are like, oh yeah, I've been doing this for two days and uh, no, I'm starting to lose my interest in this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I have been doing it for a year, but I haven't actually done anything. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, you do that a lot. You do. Well, that actually, if you say that, to, well, it's how you present, right? So right. I, <laughs> I have been busting my behind for a year and I just, I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but I am willing to do anything. <laughs> that is a person we would love to talk to as real estate investors. Absolutely. That is right. That's you right. Provide help. You can't teach ambition, but you can teach skills. Yes. And willingness. One of the things in one of the trainings that I heard is your ability to make money is, is dependent on your willingness to step out of your comfort zone. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yes. That's very true. Very <laughs> and good. it's true. Um, some of the other things are, you know, with regards to the changes, just being like the independence, being able to have fun with what I do and to help people People who we usually deal with are in a t bad spot. They're going through foreclosure. They're going through a divorce. They've inherited a property from a loved one and they don't know what to do with it. Their house burnt down, something like that. They're, they're in over their head financially and they can't see a way out. And they're letting the banks just take the property 
or and they're not getting anything for it, please call an investor because and call a good investor. Call a couple of them so you know who you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Because if you're in over your head and the bank takes your property, you're going to end up with nothing. So at least an investor can help you, get you some value, get you, they can, they can take over the note, your mortgage, and, and start paying on it and help to restore your credit. So if you're in pre-foreclosure or if you're in financial straits and you're in a house that you're just underwater, call somebody and help because you deserve to have the dignity and not have the creditors calling you and, and they can be awful and harassing you and, and let somebody help you out and maybe you'll end up with something in your pocket at the end of the day. You know, I, I want to kind of add to that. A lot of people think that the wholesalers that come in are just ripping people off and taking their <laughs> houses for less money. And you're saying exactly why the wholesalers exist. A lot of people really, truly need that help. And <laughs> I've never met a wholesaler that goes in with the intention of ripping somebody off. Really, again, you're going back to what we first started talking about. You're a problem solver offering a solution that they would otherwise be in a really bad spot. Mm-hmm. really bad. So I think what you're doing is fantastic. I, I do have to ask, are you working with investors? Are you working with hard money people? How are you? Do you just have a buyer's list that you then resell it to? I know you mentioned holding it. I'm just kind of looking for how you're funding and, and where the financial aspect is coming in from, from the real estate side. Yes. <laughs> All of those. <laughs> All of those. <laughs> All of those. Okay. And and when people are, something I really want to emphasize is when people are in a bad spot, we've all been there. We've all had tough times, right? We just, you know, we lived through a recession, a bad recession. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we've all been through tough times. So just don't, people tend to cocoon and they're embarrassed and they don't want to reach for help. They just want to kind of, walk away and disappear and and but you can't you're going to be stuck with a bankruptcy on your credit you're going to be stuck with a foreclosure on your credit let somebody help you get out of that yeah i love that so leanne what is the next step for you oh my goodness there's so many because i'm you know i'm so excited about about doing this so i think for me i want to help as many people as possible you talk about people who are there's bad people in every industry there's people who are out to rip people off in every industry right but you're not gonna they're not gonna last long and you you can check into them you can talk to them do they seem legitimate do they are they professional um but i just i want to help as many people as possible help them out of a very difficult we've all been there and when when we've been in bad financial or bad marital situation, say you're getting a divorce or whatever your life situation is where you're going struggling, we've all been there and didn't know where to help, turn for help. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm telling you, turn, turn to somebody for help and save your credit rating and say maybe end up with some money in your pocket. The good wholesalers that, we, we're talking about wholesaling, but the good real estate investors are not looking to rip people off, but they do have to earn a living. So 
if you're, they can't lose money on your house. So if they buy your house from you or whatever they're doing, we can talk about the different methods and, and what they are if you like, but if they're, if they're buying your house from you, they have to fix it up or they have to get you out of the debt or whatever you owe on the tax liens or whatever you owe in the bank or foreclosure or whatever it is. And they, they can't lose money at the end of the day. At the end of the day, they have to be able to sell it or rent it or whatever and not lose money. And I think that some people want to make a lot of money or some people, they think that their house, you know, oh, I saw that, you know, this person down the street made 150000 on their house. I should get 150000 on our house. Well, was your house all fixed up or was their house all fixed up and ready turnkey ready for somebody to move in and um, there's different factors so if they have to rehab your house and they have to spend 50 60 70 thousand dollars to rehab their house yeah they can't offer you as much money because they have big expenses and big risk that they're taking on right right i i agree with you and and i think most people forget about the risk of Mm-hmm. You know, just because you're buying a house and expecting it to be sold for X amount of dollars doesn't necessarily mean that's going to happen. But right. in reality, you know, kind of tying in with our show here, you're giving them freedom away from this issue that they've been having for who knows how long and a solution to where it's not going to be unbelievably detrimental to their credit in their life. And in return, they're giving you freedom to be able to go out and make that living and create more of a financial and time freedom for yourself as well. So as long as it's a win-win situation, which is what most investors really seek to find, Mm -hmm. everybody's happy, everybody wins, no big deal. Um, But I think you're right, giving a reasonable expectation of of price and process is... is, um, needed in in the world of wholesaling for sure right Mm -hmm. it's win 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 because Mm -hmm. the person who's in trouble gets a gets a exit the investor gets a good property that they can and uh, and work (laughs) basically Mm -hmm. and then whoever they sell it to gets a nice home and so it's win 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 for everybody Mm -hmm. And I just want to touch on people think that we're working against realtors. We're not, we're working with realtors. I have realtors that, that I work very closely with. We're not sidestepping realtors. So we work with the realtors. So it, some people think it's, it's, you're, you're being like a pseudo realtor. Now we, we work with realtors, but let me clarify that too now, because now I opened up a can of worms. <laughs> when you sell to an investor, you do not pay realtor fees because it's a direct sale. So unless they they got it on the MLS system, the multiple listing service, then you pay a realtor fee because it goes through a realtor. But if you're selling directly to another human being, then you do not pay realtor fees. Was that clear or was that just a big mess? <laughs> uh, to me, it's clear, but I understand the game. So another way to put that, it would be if you're the homeowner and you're selling to another human who's going mm-hmm. to own the home um, and it's just a in-between two parties transaction, then there's no need for an outside party like a realtor to come in. Right. However, if the realtor is already involved to begin with, then the realtor is going to get paid as they should. Um, right. To anybody exactly. that needs that clarification, I think maybe that would help. Um, so tell me a little bit more about how you work with the realtors, because I'm sure we have a lot of realtors concerned, um, 
you know, with, with podcasts like this that we're trying to take away business. And I really want to <laughs> emphasize that we love realtors in our industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for multifamily, we use our brokers and our realtors on every single transaction. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit more about how, and, and please include, I'm sure our listeners would like to know how to get a hold of you. So if they are a realtor, if they are somebody in a tight spot with their home, what's the best way to reach out to you and how specifically can you work with them? Um, them being the homeowner or the realtor? Both. Okay. So as the homeowner, if your house is not in a livable condition, you a bank will not finance a loan on the property or you will get a bad appraisal and you won't be able to sell it for an inflated value. So you could go through the whole real estate process and put it on the market and find out then that the appraisals fell through, a bank loan fell through, you think you have a buyer and they can't, they can't raise the money for the house. And it's, unless you have, I've been through that. And unless you have like a lot of resources and a lot of determination and a really good credit rating, (laughs) you won't get that bank loan then because now you're getting um, credit, credit applications on your credit rating for multiple mortgages. And um, I'm not sure if I'm saying if that came out very clearly, So if, say, you put an offer on a house and then you go to get a bank loan and your appraisal comes in under the value of the house, you either have to make up the difference of the value between the appraisal and what you're going to pay for the house, or you have to get another appraisal, which means going to another mortgage company lender and having them hit your credit rating again. So does that make more sense? Yes. So... That's one of the things that we can avoid is the deal fall through. That's one of the things that we can help because we don't have to go through most investors are cash buyers. So, and they can close fast. So if you're going to sell your, if you need to sell your house now, call an investor. Um, If you don't care how long it takes, if you think that, you know, if that's fine, you, and you want to get the most possible money that you can get for your house and, and you don't care if it takes six months or a year to sell the house, call a realtor because the realtor's job is to have your back and to get you, get you the most money on, on whatever your property is. So another way that the way that we work with realtors is our realtors find us deals. Um, they say, hey, you know, there's a house here that needs work. Um, and they, they don't want to do, they want to, they don't want to be bothered with a rehab They're They don't have the, the people to do a rehab. Rehabs are stressful <laughs> and they just, they need to be out. They're moving to a different town or they're whatever. They have a new job and, and they can't deal with a rehab. So, um, we have, we found this property. Are you interested in it? And, and then when we rehab the house and the house is all fixed up and it's pristine and it's beautiful, then we give it back to the realtor to sell it on the MLS system. So we work with our realtors and I, I know um, from my flipping days that realtors love working with the wholesalers when they understand what the wholesalers do You're because right. they get this beautiful house that's pristine, turnkey, mm-hmm. ready to go, 
and all they have to do is blast it out on the MLS and sell it. It becomes a much easier sell um, mm -hmm. rather than a residential home where they have to remove the personal belongings and clean mm -hmm. up the place and do all the work themselves. So the realtors that I know out here in Phoenix love working with the wholesalers. So if you are a realtor and you haven't um, been informed or, or introduced to a wholesaler, Leanne, I'm sure is available. Leanne, <laughs> why don't you share your contact information so people can get a hold of you? You can write me at Leanne, L E capital A N N, dot maple star at gmail.com. So Leanne, L E capital A N N, dot maple star at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, Leanne, I greatly appreciate you being on our show today. I think you provided some unbelievably information or uh, uh, valuable information there. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. Good, good. I'm so glad. So thank you so much. And everyone, thank you for listening. And we will see you again next week. Have a wonderful week. And as always, keep your finances high and keep your head to the sky. Have a great day, guys. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? <laughs> I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating $1 million in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Calling all speakers. eWomen Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.